Tonight, if you want to follow along, I will be uh, reading from Luke chapter 14, beginning of verse 25 to the end. Then I'll be jumping around everywhere, but uh, I'll begin with a prayer. Father, I just thank you this evening. <sighs> Lord, I love you, Lord. I give you the praise, Father. I pray you would touch my lips, my mind, my thoughts, my heart, Lord. You would give me the words, Father, to speak tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Every time we go into the Word, we should always go in prayerfully. Prayerfully. In the book of Luke, Jesus brings something to some, to some followers that, that challenges them. And it's something pretty serious, something pretty heavy. Something many new believers don't realize until, until they're a little into it. Sometimes they find out the same day because somebody mentions it. The warning comes, praise God, as it should. Sometimes it takes a week, a month, sometimes a year. But the realization that there's a cost to following Christ. It hits people. And people take it differently. You'll see people uh, uh, who, who have given their life to the Lord here at the altar. And within a week they're gone because they realize the cost of giving their life to the Lord. They realize the cost as, as they go home and try to, to, to speak the good news to people. Their friends, their loved ones, their family members, their parents. And, and the rejection begins to happen. Friends begin to scatter. I remember me as a new believer, uh, I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I, 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 knew, I knew so many people and every one of them left me because all I could talk about was Jesus. All I could talk about was salvation and Jesus. And, and as you guys know my testimony, it was sometime later that I began to feel the loneliness uh, of, 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 of being in, the, in, the, in, the, in, a, in a time where I should have realized that my, my heart should have been preparing for, 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 for ministry, preparing for, 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 this, for this long life, this, 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 this commitment to follow a path that's committed to Jesus, to going out there and, and, and preaching His Word. And instead, I went through a moment where when I was in that desert and I began to let the loneliness hit me so heavy that I went looking for those that, 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 were, that were in my past. Finding myself in the bar where I used to hang out with friends I used to hang out with, holding on to something I knew I shouldn't have in my hand. Feeling the Holy Spirit as I would go home, repenting every time I hung out with them. But that cost is heavy. We know salvation is free. It's a free gift. But the Lord, it, it, he, he tells people. People, multitudes were following. They were just walking behind him. And he turned around and said, let me tell you something. That's where we, that's where we're going to pick up at verse 25 of Luke 14. He says, let me tell you something. There's a cost. If you want to be my disciple, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them. And so here a large crowd. They're following him. And he turns around and he tells them this. If any man come to me and hate. 
He says, if you, if, if you come to me and if you hate not your father, your mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And verse 27 says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The Lord tells him, you've got to hate these people. There's got to be a hate. The natural uh, definition of hate is to abhor. To abhor, to detest someone. Hate is such a, it's a very heavy word. It's a very heavy, heavy word. No one wants to hear that. Especially, you look at your child, I hate you. Your wife, your mother, your father, hate, hate, hate. But it's believed by some that what, what the word really can be used as, because there's other places in the scripture where we can use it this way, is basically not really saying to hate them, but, but we need to put Jesus first. Above mom and dad and children and mother and wife and, and, and sisters and brothers and friends and neighbor. Above them all, there needs to be a realization that our walk, our commitment in Jesus Christ is going to cost us. And you're going to go through a time, if you haven't already, where you're going to feel so alone. Some of you, may, maybe your parents were all behind you. and Your friends were like, hey, you needed Jesus. And they all supported you. But there's some of us here who can raise our hands and say, I had everyone leave me. I had an aunt that, that, that uh, she was so strong in the faith where, where I was raised up in that, that, that they were like, no, George is crazy. It's a phase. It's a phase. I think my mom was the only one who supported me when I, got, when I first got saved at 19. Everyone else, no, they didn't want to hear it. I had two friends, out of all, all the friends I had, two friends that continued to come around and hang out. And today they're saved. They're, they're going to churches right now. And I praise the Lord for that. There were so many others. My own family. There was a time I had, I had rows of family members that came, but they all realized there's a cost to their walk. They all realized there's a cost to following Jesus, and they couldn't take the pressure the pressure of, 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 of realizing that, that, that it's going to cost you when you begin to follow and you begin to keep a serious walk in Jesus. And, 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 there, and there comes a realization, wait, I need to put Jesus first above all these things, but I still want to party. Jesus comes first. I still want to go to family reunions. Jesus comes first. I still, I still want to go, you know, do these things I used to do. I, I still seek pleasure. Jesus comes first. Jesus says, if you cannot do this, you cannot be my disciple. If you cannot understand that, that, that I come first, you can't follow me, you can't bear this cross. The weight of this cross is pretty heavy. I tell you, I've said it before, I know I have. 
But in this come-as-you-are generation, so many preachers have said it, come-as-you-are, come-as-you-are. But the problem with today's preaching is that people continue as they were five years later. Stop being as you were. You came as you are. Praise the Lord. Sell out to Jesus. Realize there's a, there's a calling. There's giftings that God has for you. That, 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 that some may not have even tapped into. You felt it. You've heard the voice. You've heard his voice. There's so much noise. This world it, 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 it's, it's, it's like, it's like that, that white noise. It's just, it just it dulls the hearing of listening and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit when we continue to be friends with the world. When, 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 when the Bible tells us to be friends with the world is to be an enemy of God. James said it. I didn't say it. Well, I guess I did. But James said it. To be friends with the world is to be an enemy of God. We need to count the cost. Jesus says in verse 28, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and, and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it? How many of us, how many of us actually planned that our life would change so dramatically? Some of us from, from, and I got a bone to pick with this. Some of us go from, 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 from listening to, to, to the rock and the punk or whatever, that like, like I used to. You know, and, I, and I go listen to, to somebody who sounds like Barbara Streisand, like Twyla Paris and stuff. That, back in the 90s, she was, she was it in the Christian world. But today... Hey, I got saved. Hey, this, 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 this Christian singer sounds just like the worldly people. Like, I didn't change at all. It's just now they're saying Jesus. I still remember the, what, what, the first youth event we had at Praise Chapel Downey back in uh, 2007. It was October. And we had a... Uh, we had... Um, Somebody help, help me here. I think it's, it's called hardcore. Is that what it's called? Where they're screaming? The screamers? And, and, you know, how many have heard hardcore? Anybody? And, and, and I was sitting back there and behind the booth, and, and, and I have this thing where, where, where if, if I don't feel the anointing of God, I, 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 I kind of cringe. Where I'm like, God, God, God can't be in this. You know? And I, and I, and I understand it. It, it, it allows uh, uh, people that... that that won't normally get get uh, reached to come into a to an atmosphere where they get all this music and then in the end they get a nice gospel message. Praise God. But in the midst of all that, I'm sitting back there in the sound booth, goes to the left, and I'm watching this, and you know, I'm, I'm seeing these kids. They they zoned out like I used to back when in my punk days, and just and I would just zone out, and I would see them as they do did their two step and all that other stuff. And, and the singer was, he was like, rah, 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 rah. and I turned to my disciple, that, this young, young, young disciple of mine back who used to come here. And I looked to him and I said, brother, what are they saying? That sounds horrible. 
is just screaming. He says, oh, don't you know? He's singing Amazing Grace. <laughs> Amazing Grace? I tell you, I hated rap until I heard Pastor, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I never used to like rap. But you know what? I just bring it back over here. Let me come back. I can keep going there. We're all going to be tested. There's going to be a day of testing for all of us. Deuteronomy 13. Beginning at verse 1, it says, If there arise among you a prophet. And really, I just got to read to you verse 3, but I'm going to read from the beginning just to point, a, point at something else. And, and, and I understand um, those of you who are seasoned, you can only imagine the, 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 the amount of scripture I'm going to read tonight. I, I, I can, I'm sure any one of us can make a, a sermon out of every one of these. But um, 13, Deuteronomy 13, beginning of verse 1, it says, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and, he, and, and a sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake, Unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. And, and notice it, it, it says, if, if, And the sign or the wonder come to pass. There are some false people that will call themselves prophets and not be of God. We've got to keep that in mind. There might be somebody who, 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 might, who may come along and speak a word over your life and say, Whoa, that's, that's so me. You know, and they're nothing but a fortune teller. You got to be careful. Um, which thou has not known. So, so this prophet here, the Lord is saying, if there, some, if there comes along somebody and begins to say, hey, let's go serve this other God. Let's go serve other gods here. It says, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you. Meaning he will test you. There will be a testing. You will be proved. To know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And it goes on to say, if you continue reading there, it goes on to say, it says, kill him. Kill that prophet. Kill that dreamer, dreamer of dreams. If it be your, your neighbor, your brother, your son, your mother, verse 6, it's, it, take them and out. Just take them out. Sounds kind of severe. It sounds kind of severe, does it not? It still continues today. If you continue in idol worship and you put things before God, there's only one way for you. There's a path that leads to hell. Death continues. It's a spiritual death. But there's going to be a testing. A testing whether you will be proved or whether, whether you love or you're going to be proved whether you love the Lord your God or not. Whether you love the Lord your God or not. In, in Exodus 32. I don't even know what time I started here. Those who attend my Bible study. I'll, I'll speak for an hour. Sometimes over. If I, if I feel like it. Um, not that I'm going to keep you here an hour. I'm sorry. I probably freaked some of you guys out. Jessica just give me a sign if I go too long. In, in uh, Exodus uh, uh, 25, wait, 32, I, I went over too far. In Exodus 20, uh, 32, I'm sorry, 
we, 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 have, we have these, these we have Aaron giving in to the people. You guys probably remember this scene if you've ever seen any of the movies. And um, they make a golden calf so they can worship. Right? You guys remember that? And Moses saw the people. He saw them and, and they were naked. I remember going to see the Ten Commandments musical. It was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, right? Yeah, it was Val Kilmer as Moses. And I went to go see that, and, and they had that scene where they're all, it was, I, I was disturbed. I was really disturbed. It went on for forever, and I looked around, there were so many priests and nuns there, and I, I go, oh my gosh, they must feel disturbed. I feel disturbed. Anyway. <laughs> I was glad Moses came out and he threw the... Anyway. And Moses stood at the, door, at the gate of the camp and said... Who is on the Lord's side? And it's the sons of Levi. They came out and they said, they gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from the gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses. You know, and it goes on to say, you have sinned a great sin. What? What was the sin? Again, idol worship. Idol worship. We need to be careful what we put in our hearts. What we put first. You know, the, 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 the Lord says, count the cost. I didn't think about it when I got saved. I didn't consider the cost. I didn't consider any of it. I didn't get it. Nobody warned me. I just saw everybody leave. They just left. My drinking buddies. I didn't do any drugs, but my drinking buddies, they all took off. And it was just... Those of you have felt that, 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 that loneliness is deafening sometimes. Because we crave it, do we not? To be among friends, to be among people. The wolves that made us laugh, and, 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 and you have that, 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 that thing within you that, that, that it was the flesh pulling you towards away from and to sin. I tell you, to live a, a life of righteousness to, 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 that desires and hungers for righteousness, it, it's a commitment that you, need to, that you need to hold to. That should be exciting. That should that should that that, that 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 should really, really, really bring you joy. If you're a miserable Christian, you have to wonder what's going on. Have you counted the cost? If you're miserably sitting in this in, in the pew every, come every Sunday, every 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 Thursday, you guys have heard my story. First five years, I kept going to the altar. Just, oh God, forgive me. Every week. Why? Because I, I couldn't let go of the past. And I, I didn't want to commit. I didn't understand what it meant to count the cost. If there be any here who I've, I've, I've come to the altar and I've led you to the Lord... It's been a while that, that we have an altar team now, but it's been but those of you who have, you probably, maybe some here who I've warned, I've told you, the moment you leave out this door, they're going to start. They're going to start. There's going to be a cost to your salvation. 
Your life is changed. You're a new man, a new person, a new creation. You are born again. You're no longer yourself. The things you desired at one time, they're going to go away. I remember everything. Every, I, every word I used to say was, every sentence I said, the F word was always in there. F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. It was, just, it was in my vocabulary. Everything, everything, music, everything, the, the desire for everything left, except I remember smoking. I, 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 was, I smoked cigarettes. I was addicted to it. And I kept trying to quit, and I kept picking it back up, and it wasn't until I said, Lord Jesus, I can't do this. I need you to help me. I said it just as simple as that. And that was the last time I smoked then, because I did pick it up a couple more times. The last time I smoked was before my son was born. He's uh, going to be 16. So it's been, it's been over 16 years. I haven't, I just, it grosses me out to think about it. But the thing is, is that we got to trust God. If there's an addiction, if there's something that holds you back, if there's something that holds you down, you need to trust in the Lord. So what's the key here? Matthew 16. We turn to Matthew 16, beginning at verse 24. It says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man come, will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What will, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? That story always reminds me of, of Esau and Jacob in, the, in Genesis 25. Where we had, we had uh, Esau, who, who, was, who was Isaac's favorite. His son, Isaac uh, and Rebekah, had, had twins. And, and, uh, and, and Esau came out first. If you know the story, Jacob uh, held the, the, the heel of, of Esau when they were being born. And it was, it was later when, when and, and, and by the way, and Jacob was the mama's boy. Rebecca loved his son. And anyway, late, later on, they're, 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 they're out in the field. Esau's doing his thing. He's hunting. He's being the man's man. He's out there hunting. And, and uh, you can read that in Genesis 25 if you want. Um, and uh, he gets re- he's, he, he's out in the field and he's starving. He's hungry. He's hungry. And he finds Jacob cooking lentils. There's just pot, you know, pottage is uh, beans, a bowl. He's cooking, he's warming up some beans. And Esau comes along and says, man, I'm about to die. Give me some of that pottage. Give me some of those lentils. And, and Jacob says, give me your birthright. Sell me your birthright. Sell me this day your birthright and I'll give it to you. And he goes, sure, man, what's this birthright to me? I don't care. Just give me the food. And for a bowl of beans, he sold his birthright. And it always reminds me, this passage, because what will a man give in exchange for, 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 for his soul? Will it be a bowl of beans? I'm willing to bet people have given up their life. They're walking Jesus for far less. They probably weren't starving. 
Maybe the pastor said something over the pulpit they didn't like. And they decided to turn away and never come back. Maybe they don't agree with giving. Offense. People leave all the time because of offense. However big, however small. People leave every week by the thousands. And you'll be surprised to find out how many of those people are leaders. They go running off because they got offended. And they forgot what it was to deny themselves and to follow Jesus. Deny yourself and follow Jesus. Matthew 22, verse 37 says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And so it is. And there it is in a nutshell. We need to love the Lord regardless of anything. With all our being, we need to love the Lord. And we know the second commandment is just like it. He says, Thou shalt love the Lord, uh, thy neighbor as yourself. Too many sit on that man-made law. I'm going to treat them how they treat me. Oh, what? Right? There's maybe somebody sitting here that still feels that way. I'm going to treat others how they treat me. That's not the way it says it here. Jesus is, is, is blunt. Treat people how you want to be treated. Those of you, I, I know I've, I've, there's some of you I've, I've, I've talked in private with and I've told you. <laughs> I've said it at the pulpit. <laughs> I've told you. You treat with people with love, no matter what. You treat people with love and they have nothing to accuse you of. But what? Loving them? If I get accused of anything, may it be of loving them too much. Somebody I had offended years ago, years ago, years ago. I didn't realize it. They, they sat there, one accusation after another, never bringing up stuff that had happened years ago from there. They had a list. And I was like, but I love you. I love you guys. I didn't know I offended you. I love you guys. I was shocked because... I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know I offended anybody, you know, and, 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 uh, and the things that were being brought up, I was like, what? I'm sorry, I should have said hi. <laughs> you know, you know, I think too much, but I, I, I stood there and, 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 uh, and I continued, and, I, I, and I, I'm not faking it, I'm not sitting there, I love you, I love you, I love you, like I'm faking it, no. I was just looking at them like, I really love you guys. I don't understand where this is coming from. And that meeting ended with them giving me big hugs and tears as they realized, wow, I don't even know where this came from. I'm so sorry. And we both hugged each other. Why? Because of what love will destroy every wall. When there's bitterness between people, you begin to show love to them. The walls begin to fall because they have nothing to hold on to. And they'll want to throw accusation and lies and they'll want to accuse you of stuff that you didn't even say. But I love you. I don't even know where that came from. Respond in love. Respond in love. And remember, 
um, who you represent. Oh, before I get there, Luke, let's go back to our scripture. Luke 14, verse uh, 29. So we know the Lord just finished saying in verse 28, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sit not down not first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Verse 29 says, Lest happily, after he had laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all uh, finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish it. We can't feed the mockers by giving up. That's why the Lord says, Count the cost. Count the cost. You need to be prepared to walk away from everyone if you have to. Because really, when you think about it, we're not the ones walking away. It's they, they walk away from us. Those who don't agree with Jesus, those who don't agree with this walk, this, 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 this realization that there's a spiritual battle. There's a heaven and a hell. It would have been better for some to have never even heard of any of it. Because now that you know you're without excuse... If you have an ear to hear, you are without excuse because you've heard it. You've heard the warnings. You've heard the gospel. You know that there is a heaven and hell. You know the Lord says, count the cost. Or else what? The mockers are going to mock you and say, look, he called himself a Christian. But I knew he couldn't do it. Why? Because the pressure couldn't be taken. Pressure. It was, in, it, was, it was in the death of the cross that brought out such a beautiful fragrance of life. And it is even in his suffering that a fragrance of life came out. And as he promised us, the word promises us that we're going to be going through these things. We shouldn't be surprised when mom and dad are forbidding us to go come to church, those of you who are young. Or family members uh, always coming against you, always arguing with you. Old friends arguing with you because you love Jesus. Don't give in to that. Don't give in to the, to the come on, for one more for old time's sake. It'll never be just one. You'll find yourself on a Sunday morning repenting once again. Just don't do it. I love the video pastor had put up a long time ago. With Bob Newhart. From, it was a clip from Mad TV, I think. And it was Bob Newhart speaking to this, to this young, I think she was, he was counseling the girl, I don't remember what it was, but he just kept saying, just stop it. But what, what, stop it. And that, that was his counsel the whole time, five minutes. Stop it. If, if I tell you, stop it. The Bible's clear on how to run from it. You just got to remember that the Holy Spirit resides in you. He lets you know when you're getting too, too close to the edge. Don't ignore it. You know how I know? Because whenever I get too close to the edge, I'm talking about sin. Whenever sin is near, I feel the warning immediately. Turn around, turn around, turn around. Yes, Lord. I mean, come on, I don't even have cable. 
He's changing the channels. All right, keep going. Come on. Men? Women? Don't get me started. Oh, look at Thor, he's hot. <laughs> the rebuke that I held back during those days when Thor was coming on, and you women are there on Facebook. Oh, look at this hot guy. <laughs> you who laugh. <laughs> you, you have a testimony to uphold. Stop it. Or else you, 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 you'll be mocked. The Lord will be mocked. Exodus 20, verse 7, it's the third commandment. It says, We are not to take the name of the Lord our God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Some of us say, Oh my gosh, I said Jesus, Lord forgive me. You know what? I, I, I really believe that when it talks about taking his name in vain, it's, it's when, when you take the name of Christ upon you and you say, I'm a Christian. I am a Christian. And everybody around you begins to realize, Oh, he's a Christian. And then you fall away or you start stealing or lying. Don't get caught in lies, by the way. Just don't do it. Christians shouldn't be lying. I say that because sometimes I catch you guys. No, not you guys. But I'll catch somebody every now and then. Lying. A Christian. Lying. I'll catch somebody. And I'm like, You know, you, you, you kind of, do I say something? Gosh. And I, sometimes I poke and poke and poke more just to see how far they'll dig. <laughs> if you have the name of the Lord Jesus Christ upon you, if you're saying you're a Christian and you're not living like it, you're taking his name in vain. You're a representative of Jesus Christ. You've got to watch how you walk. Deuteronomy 10.20 says, You are to fear the Lord your God and serve him only. You shall take your oath in his name. You shall take his oath or your oath in his name. Meaning, live as a Christian should live. Live as a Christian should live. Just to finish up our key verse, I'll just read really quickly. It says, verse 31... Or what king going to make war against another king? And this is Jesus speaking here, by the way. Sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether to be able to, with 10,000 to meet him with, that cometh uh, against him with 20,000, or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he shall of you, uh, he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple." In verse 34 it says, Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its savour, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the, or yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath an ear, let him hear. We need to live as Christians. The Lord Jesus in, in, uh, in Matthew 5, 
goes down what we call the, the what are known as the Beatitudes, and, and and his disciples came along as he was in a mountain. And they came along and and they sat with him, and he began to teach them. And he said this to them in verse three. He says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile thee and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted the prophets which were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. I tell you right now. Some of us will read those scriptures and say, Oh, that's a nice one. I want to be a peacemaker. No. Jesus is calling out. Uh, 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 and it goes on, by the way. I could continue a few more chapters. But it, what, what the Lord is telling us, this is how we, the Christians, should live. We should be a peacemaker. We should be one who is meek. We should be one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, who lives with pure hearts, who desire to see God with all our hearts. When you count the cost, you realize this is a, a, a lifetime journey, and it should be a joy. Oh, I get excited when I think about the word of the Lord. I, I, I just, I, I, I'm telling you, I used to do the whole Kindle thing and, and, and the iPad thing. I can't stand it. I have to have the Word of God. I have to have... And I'm, talking, I'm talking about the actual physical book. I have to have it with me. You know what you young believers should do? Young believers, listen to me. Memorize Scripture. Memorize Scripture. I remember when you were 16, you came to me and I talked to you and I said, Prepare. You young people, I've told you, prepare. Prepare. Don't take this time for granted. Oh, there'll be time later. No, you, you are no longer of the world. If you've decided to follow Jesus, you can't live like other people do. You can't be boyfriend, girlfriend one week and boyfriend, girlfriend another week and be with somebody else all the time. No, that stuff is over with. As a Christian, now I'm sorry to say it, you got to be marriage minded now. You have to realize if you're kissing someone, you might be kissing somebody else's husband or wife. You need to stop it. You can stone me later. I really don't care. I'll rejoice. I'll rejoice. talking to Sister Landy earlier and I was telling her I think there's a reason why pastor don't have me preach too much <clears throat> there's something that I really believe the Lord wants us to understand and that's holiness we need to understand I mean this is what it's all about to, to choose to live a righteous life, a holy life. 
one that understands that, that Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. It's Christmas is coming. And we start thinking about presents and things we want to have, things to entertain us. None of that calls to me anymore. There was a day, I, I, oh, this latest game or whatever. Oh, that, that seems, I, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> Last two weeks, I bought two new Bibles. I mean, <laughs> that's me spending money. I, I, you know, I get in trouble with my wife. As I go buying more Bibles. In Galatians chapter 5. I should probably bring this down because it's getting late. How long have I been speaking, Brother Robert? <laughs> I don't think you heard me. Did I put you to sleep, young man? Somebody shake him. How long does the recorder say? 40 minutes. Oh my gosh. Galatians chapter 5. And I, I, got, I got a few more pages, but... Oh my gosh, I really don't want to... I want to give all of this to you guys. Anyway, I'll try to ignore some of this. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. It says, this I say then... And by the way, this is, this is when I said earlier when I was telling you... There's a way to stay away from sin. You've got to keep the word of the Lord in your heart. You've got to keep it in your heart. That's why I tell you, memorize scripture. Memorize scripture. Don't worry about understanding it and becoming a theologian. Don't worry about becoming the next Billy Graham. Don't worry about those things. That shouldn't be our goal. Not which shouldn't be our goal to be the next star. Next to your and all, let me fill my head with head knowledge. Next thing you know, you're arguing with people, criticizing pastor. Pastor, really? You've got to be careful. Speak about God's anointed. You can't be doing that. Head knowledge. <coughs> Not that I'm saying the, theology is wrong. It's, it, no, you, you should understand it. But for you young disciples, when you're first coming, growing up, when you're first coming up, memorize the scripture. Worry later about learning it all and all that. Anyway. Verse 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There it is. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Okay? And that's how you stay away from the lust of the flesh. You stay away from sin. Let it be, have your scriptures with you. Have worship around you. In your heart. For the flesh lusts is against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to the one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye do that ye would. And, and I got to remind you, the, 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 the scriptures they're, they're 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 being given to, to to Christians. These are not unbelievers. He's saying, look, I know you guys are struggling. This is how you stop struggling. So you cannot do the things that you would. But if you uh, be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, when, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, 
drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you, therefore, uh, tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There are such lists like this in several places throughout the, Paul's letters. Even Peter, I believe, has a list. They have these lists, and there's liars, and there's all these people. And, and you don't tell me, oh, it's a white lie. Oh, I didn't want to offend that person. Lie. There's no lie. There, there, lies are a lie. There's all these types of lists. The envyings, murders, drunkenness. There's all these lists that tell us, don't do this or else what? You will not see the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Love. And you know what happens when you love? All these, all these fruit begin to come out. And you get, you get this. You get, you get joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith. Meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have, uh, uh, have crucified the flesh with the affections of, of, uh, of lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and being one another. Point is, when you live a Christian life, these fruits are natural. And they should come natural. You know, you, you, you may not be, have it all at first. But these are all things that should develop. As you get in your word, as you begin to trust the Lord... Uh, these are all things that, that, that should be developing in your life. And I should probably start bringing this down because it's getting late. Um, Hebrews 12 tells us, uh, verse 14. It says, follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness. And the Lord called us to be holy people. Separated unto him. We need to understand what it means to count the cost. To count the cost. In First Peter, it's one of my favorite passages. Chapter 4, verse 1 and 2 says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. It, it, you got to even arm yourself here. For he that hath suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. It should be something we should strive for. Let's skip some of these, some of these passages here. We know that he's the bread of life, John 6.28. We know that he is the door and the good shepherd in John 10. He is the way, the truth, and the life, John 14.6. The Lord is the one we run to. In, in Matthew, if I can have the worship team come up, just so I can wrap this up. In Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28, it tells us, the Lord says, Come unto me, all you who, are la who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Lord says, come to me. Those of you who struggle, the Lord says, come to me. Come to me, come to me. 
this yoke, this thing that, 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 that the sin that, that, that you carry, that the weight of the world may not even be sin. It can just be the distractions of the world. The Lord says if you come to him, he'll, he, he can, he'll take that yoke off of you. And he'll put it on himself and he'll carry that. The life of a Christian should be full of joy. Full of joy. How many, when met with, with, with things that should, that, should, that should make us upset or angry or sad, instead because of the peace of the Lord and the peace of the Holy Spirit that surpasses all understanding, is rest upon us that we're able to go through these things. Because God provides it all. He's sufficient. His word is sufficient. There's no need for us to run. I'm sorry. I, I am so against all these books that are out there. They just want to work you psychologically speaking. They want to mess with your feelings, I guess. But that's all we need. All scripture is profitable for learning and for instruction and for all of that stuff. It's, it's, it's for us. In Matthew 7.14 it says, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. It's, it, it this, this scripture shocks me. Because the Lord is speaking to Christians. To think that there may be some here who may not make it because the path is, 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 is so narrow. Verse 13, verse right before that of chapter 7 of Matthew, it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which uh, go in thereat. And, and, and it terrifies me when so many say, Oh, Brother George, there's this latest book. It's speaking of heaven or hell or speaking of some, some, some whatever it be. And, 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 I, and I look over that way and I see the masses running to that book. And I think that that scripture runs to my mind immediately and grips me. Broad is the way that leads to hell. I'll stay away from that book. I'm sure there's truth in that book. But I'm going to stay to where the truth is at. And I will not be led astray. Where I know, where I know, that I know, that I know, the word is, the truth is being spoken unto me. I don't need to turn to some book. I'm sure they all have their benefits. But verse 21 of that same chapter says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that which doeth, that doeth the, the, the will of my Father which is in heaven. 
Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And, when will I, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I know of some that want to point to that scripture and say, Oh, it's speaking of a cult. It doesn't say that here. He's speaking to Christians. He's speaking to Christians. We have been fed a gospel in America of grace and there's room for that because God is graceful. That we fail to remember that God should come first in all things no matter what. Amos. And I'm only rem- reminded of this because I had to just open it and there it was. Amos 11, chapter 8, verse 11 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, and not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north to even to the east, and they shall run to it and fro and seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. We live in a time where the word of God is abundant. You can go to my house and find 20, 30 Bibles there. How many of them are being opened? How many of them are being opened in your homes? We need to take the word of the Lord seriously. We need to count the cost and realize it's going to cost us something. Now, I don't say this to say you guys should be miserable. I've counted the cost and I've realized I have a desperate desperation to seek Him and only Him and to understand who He is and to know Him with all my heart. And with that, I pray for my loved ones. I pray for those that are around me. I pray for you. If I stood back and thought about all those loved ones, those family members that are, that, are, that are running towards hell, that are sitting in that fire, even though you tell them, Jesus is the way. And they say, no, nah, I'm all right, right here in the fire. I'm right here. Don't bring any of that to me. It tears me up. But then I remember I serve Jesus and I rejoice. I rejoice. If I can have every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't ever let a service pass without making an invitation. Because I used to be someone who came to church for years. And I needed the altar. If there is anyone here who wants to give their life to the Lord for the first time ever, never gave your life to the Lord, I I, I ask you, I invite you to raise your hand. Or maybe you've been struggling and you just need to get right with God. 
You just need to get a hold of God. You who have given your life to Him in the past and, and you just need to get a hold of Him. I invite you to just come up because you already know what to do. Just call out to Him. Call out to Him to hold you, to forgive you. If there anyone, anyone, it's all right. Right now, as the worship team opens in worship, I want to open this altar to you. If you want to just come and get a hold of God and pray, please, I invite you, do not sit there. And if you don't come up, please worship where you're at, okay? The altar is open.